0: Hello everyone and welcome to Blaze Experience once again. You are joining us for episode 79 and I am your host Derek as always and today we're here to talk about more State of Decay 2. Today we're going to talk about patch 8.0 that just released on Tuesday so you're hearing this on a Saturday that's been out for a few days now. We did talk about some of the things in this patch last episode. We talked about the World War II weapons so we're not going to cover that again today just because we've already talked a lot about that and there are some things that are features that were talked about last episode that we will mention briefly again in this episode, but we will not spend a lot of time on them. But the other things that weren't mentioned last episode are going to be spent a little bit more time with today. But before we get into that, I just want to mention that our next podcast next Saturday is either going to be on the Dead by Daylight Killers and New Endgame, or it's going to be on the Sea of Thieves update. Um, it really depends on whether I get enough time to play the Sea of Thieves update or not. And basically both of those will be covered at some point, but I just want to make sure I get enough time with the CFDs update to actually talk about it. So, uh, you'll find out next Saturday which one of those we're going to talk about. And then I want to mention that our next stream is going to be Sunday, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be playing some more State of Decay 2. And thanks to a donation to charity by Fall Down Go Boom, we are going to be doing CQC only and explosives. So that should be a lot of fun. And, um, I said, you know, anyone that donates, uh, next like five minutes or something like that. And he donated and that's what we're going to do. So that whole stream, anyone that plays with me will be doing CQC and explosives only. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But now we can kind of get into the episode. So I do have a guest here with me today. You have heard him on the podcast a few times now. Please welcome back to the podcast. Undead Labs senior designer Jeffrey Card, how are you? I'm doing okay. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, thanks for being back. You know, I appreciate you being back, and I'm, I'm excited to get these patch notes with you. Well, uh, you know,
1: it's one of my responsibilities here is writing patch notes, and so uh, getting to uh, read them on the air is actually uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, a special treat for me. So I, I appreciate you having me here.
0: Well, thank you. I thought the last one went pretty well, and you know, I'm glad to have you back for this one. So. <laughs> But like I said, we're gonna skip over the World War II weapons. But I'm definitely excited to um, actually, you know, go find all those weapons. And I don't know if you have a favorite one that you want to find, but my favorite is probably the um, Gangland Strad.
1: Yeah, I I like the Gangland Strad too because I like to pretend it's uh it's a violin because uh, that's what it's named after <laughs> uh, the Stradivarius violin. Um, but uh, one thing I want to say about the World War II weapons, uh, I made a mistake on the stream that we did about the patch notes um i was telling everyone i said this on twitter and on facebook too and i'm so embarrassed uh i i told everyone that when you're generating a new character you can watch for certain traits and those traits will will cause uh world war ii weapons to appear in that character's inventory um i improvised that and realized later that of course we override the inventories of new characters and they don't get to keep the weapons that they would get from their traits and so if you meet someone meet an npc out in the environment. And they have one of those traits. They'll probably start with a World War Two weapon. But the people that you're using the character generator to, to create right at the very beginning of right, the game, they won't get it. So... I apologize for that miscommunication. I'm glad that, uh, that that you've got this platform here where I can say that out loud.
0: <laughs> that is very true. It's So thank you for letting us know that. And so basically, anyone that's in an Enclave, though, they might still have it if you find someone in an Enclave that you can recruit. Yeah,
1: but it's a lot harder to sort of just randomize those as, as much right. as you want until you get what you want. So, Well, you know, maybe we'll find one
0: in an Enclave. We'll get lucky that way. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good luck. <laughs> but uh, we'll kind of get into the patch here. Uh, like I said, some of the features were covered last time, so we'll spend a little bit less time on those, but. We're going to start off with demoting leaders, which this is a really awesome feature that I'm really glad we have now. It's you know some of the communities have wanted for a long time, and uh, I don't know how hard it was for you guys to develop, but I'm definitely glad it's here.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is one that we, I mean, uh, a lot of the time, you know, we we get a lot of requests for features, and uh, you know, a lot of the time, you know, when we're when we're interacting with uh, with players of the game, uh, particularly on our Discord, we'll hear a lot of the same things again and again, and and I think it, people might be a little bit nervous sometimes, you know, to to. To recommend something or ask for something that's been asked for a hundred times before, but honestly, it's the fact that something's been asked for a hundred times that makes us want to put it at the top of our list. And so, demoting leaders was one of those. We were hearing it constantly that this is this was a big pain point for people that when they wanted to change their mind about their leadership uh, for whatever reason, uh, it required them to destroy one of their valuable characters. And so now that's not necessary. And honestly, this was always part of the plan. We had to cut it for time before the game came out. Uh, But we came back and we were able to do it. So um, I'm happy to see it, you know, in the game working the way
0: it was always meant to. Absolutely. I'm really glad to try it out and, you know... Uh, I love the fact that, too, when you demote your leader, they actually go down stand standing because it would actually happen that way in real life. I mean, they're not going to be too happy about being voted. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, uh, some of us have had that experience in
0: real life and it is, uh, it is difficult on your morale. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but like I said, we're not going to spend a ton of time on that because I covered it last time. But mm-hmm. uh, moving on, some character changes. We have a community quests. Non player characters are now a lot less aggressive towards nearby enemies while talking to you. They will still defend themselves of attack but they won't break out a conversation to chase a zombie that has... Across the building from them. I just want to say, personally, this is one of my favorite changes in this patch, and it, it's it's really awesome because it was so frustrating to always, you know, try to talk to somebody, especially if it's a trader. Like, I go to trade with a trader. I'm like, okay, I want to, I want to get this gun. I want to get this. Oh no, they're fighting a zombie. Okay, I want to get this. Oh no, no, they are running away again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this this
1: was one where we weren't actually hearing a lot of that. We heard this one a few times from the community, but this was one that you know, I think one of the reasons it got prioritized was because such it was it was such a pain point for us whenever we were
0: testing missions right. and
1: things like that we were running into it all the time we're like we've got to be able to do something about this so
0: yeah the most frustrating part too is like you said on stream i mean especially if you're talking to enclave they have like two other guys that are you know right next to the zombie but the the (laughs) one character you're talking to has to run to the zombie too it's like well they can't handle the one zombie yeah exactly (laughs) so i'm definitely glad that's in there now (laughs) yeah me too makes my job easier (laughs) definitely and another one that uh, I talked about last time, but we'll just mention briefly again. I know um, Falldown Gaboom actually had an issue with this, where when you switch characters in Outposts, your old character now teleports home rather than heading out on foot and probably dying. Because I heard that Falldown had in one of his streams, he um, was in a nightmare zone, he switched characters in an Outpost. his character tried to walk home, and walked right into the horde and died yeah
1: so. uh, we, we had a few stories like that uh, fall down from other people where we realized there's actually there's several updates that we've made on this I think that where uh you know this was always an issue but no one cared because the game was easy enough that they wouldn't suffer the bad right. consequences and so other stuff bubbled to the surface but as soon as nightmare mode came out suddenly there were some issues that people were tolerating with without complaint for a really long
0: time that suddenly were really really important and this was one of them absolutely so I'm, I'm glad it's fixed now because after hearing what happened I was kind of scared to switch an outpost so I basically only switch characters at home. So, like, I'm too scared to switch it out stuff. So no. <laughs> well, glad we can make that a little bit better for you. <laughs> exactly. And another community request when you switch characters with your flashlight on, your new character starts out with their flashlight already on. That's something I mentioned last time too. But. Yeah, and that's,
1: you know, that's kind of parallel to the the change we made last update where we uh where we made it so that when you got in and out of a car, your character wouldn't forget if their flashlight was on. It's interesting how, you know, once we make a change in one place, it suddenly makes it obvious that there are other places where that change should be made.
0: Yeah, but you know, and now it's uh uniform throughout both cars and switching characters, so it works out both the way, so. Yeah.
1: And designers like it when things are elegant
0: and uh <laughs> when, when <they> Exactly. Match. <laughs> But the next change we have, abandoned followers no longer teleport directly over your head like drop bears. Uh
1: yeah. So uh there was just this thing where, you know, uh whenever a follower gets too far behind you, they can't navigate for whatever reason, we eventually try to teleport them to, to bring them up to you again. Uh but for some reason, uh I, I wasn't directly involved with this bug. For some reason they were appearing at the wrong uh elevation and just landing on you. And uh that was that was weird. So uh that doesn't happen anymore, hopefully.
0: Yeah, I heard you describe that in the stream, and I didn't hear of it before, but it's kind of weird to hear about where, like, they appear, like, way above you. It's like, what? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: but next we have, we fixed a bug that was preventing characters from getting nicknames based on their last name. This fix unlocks a huge list of nicknames that weren't available before, so I mentioned this last time, but... um basically you said in the stream that like it unlocks where long last names became shorter names now
1: yeah so this this was one of my personal favorites just because uh you know the name system is kind of uh my baby and um yeah so so we designed this whole system where the idea was that, that a character would assemble when you're generating a character. We assemble a list of possible nicknames for that character, and those possible nicknames come from their first name, they come from their last name, and they come from their traits. And then we sort of, and each of them has its own weight. And then we sort of, you know, make a random roll and decide which nickname that character gets. Uh, but there was something, and we had characters um, who had traits like like to put them in the military or or the police, or that just said this character goes by their last name. Um, and they would use their last name as a nickname. And so we're like, okay, we've got all these different ways that, that characters can get nicknames. And it works really great. Um, and the thing, because it's so random though, we were, you know, hitting, you know, generate character, generate character, generate a character, looking at the characters. We're like, yep, they're getting a nice variety of nicknames. This is really cool. We thought it worked. Um, the problem is we didn't notice that they were never getting nicknames based on their last name. They would sometimes get their last name itself as a nickname, but they would not get nicknames based on their last name and uh and, and we literally didn't notice it for months and months and months and so i wrote all of these nicknames that were never getting used until one point i can't remember exactly what i was doing um i think i might have been working on secret stuff and uh noticed that a character that uh that that, that i desperately needed them to have a nickname based on their last name, they were never getting it. And I was like, what is going on? And it turned out it had always been broken. And, and a character had never, ever had a nickname based on their last name. Um, and so names like, you know, one of the examples i always give was like Sully being a nickname for Sullivan. That wasn't happening. That's uh, yeah, and, and a classic one. So. Yeah, exactly. And, and and there was a place where um, where this was really important, where, you know, if a character has a really, really long last name um, or a last name that just doesn't fit into a sentence very well, the way that it's like, like for instance, if your last name was Della Sosa, and the D in De La Sosa is lowercase because de and la are just, you know, small words leading up right. to your, to your real surname. Um, that doesn't fit very well in a sentence. Uh, and some very long last names, especially from certain other cultures that, that where people tend to have very long surnames, they weren't even fitting in the UI. And, and so having these characters go by their last names instead of a nickname based on their last name was causing a lot of problems, uh, for certain characters. And so, now that this is, now that this system is fixed and it's in and working the way it's supposed to, characters with very long last names or last names that prevent, uh, that, that present grammatical problems, uh, they now use nicknames based on their last names. So Della Sosa might just go by Sosa. And, uh, you know, sense. and somebody with a long name, yeah, could, could, could use a shortened version of it, which is like, uh, yeah, you know, like, like Ekenayake could go by Eka, which is actually, you know, a, a a friend of mine. Uh so like he he's kind of, you know, people like him that I know several people in my life who have that uh who do exactly that. They go by a shortened version of their last name in their day to day life. And uh that's and so we wanted to represent that in the game and, and the fact that it wasn't there uh was, was sad and so now it's back. And I'm talking a lot about it because it's my favorite feature. So anyway. <laughs> that's
0: okay. That's okay. Now I remember on the on that live stream too you had a character uh named Catherine and she went by Ren, so
1: Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And and then we had a uh in, in the most recent stream we had a character whose last name was Webb and he went by Spider
0: because that's a say, that's the kind of ridiculous dad cool, yeah. joke that people will make uh out of the nicknames. So Come to think of it, I actually found a character Mikey called Spider too. So that that might be uh why. Yeah. There also could be multiple sources of the name Spider. Like if, if true, There could true. be like if somebody's like a cat burglar or something they could also be named Spider. I'm not sure. Well, I did find a Spider. So I'm glad I have a Spider mug game. Oh, I'm glad I'm glad that we've got that in there. <laughs> But um, next we had some facility changes, and this one actually wasn't mentioned um, before the patch notes came out, and I was kind of surprised that we didn't hear about this one because this is kind of a big deal to me. Is the store ammo action at the store facility It now has been rebalanced to make some of the rare ammo types more common. So basically, the three five seven rounds you'll get about twice as many, the forty four and the seven sixty two rounds about fifty percent more, about fifteen percent more of the five five six. And 25% more of the 9mm? And uh, 25% fewer of the 9mm. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry.
1: <laughs> because yeah, basically, anytime you sorted ammo, if you sorted ammo a million times, you would get this enormous pile of 9mm rounds and just a handful right. of three fifty seven. And so uh, we wanted to, we haven't rebalanced it completely. It's not like they're all equal. But uh, you'll notice, we only had to take 9mm down by 25% in order to massively beef up the percentages of all the others. Because that, that's how dominant 9mm was. Uh, and so now it should be a little bit more balanced. If you if you tend to go out with a with a three fifty seven, you're not gonna be completely out of ammo to the degree that you were before.
0: Yeah, to me this is really awesome change too because if you don't have all the ammo presses, which you know a lot of experienced players might have all the ammo presses already, but if you don't have all the ammo presses, then it's really hard to find some of those types of ammo in the world too. So it's yeah. actually nice that you can, you know, get it more through sorting your facility.
1: Yeah, the rarity at that facility is, is actually pretty similar to their rarity out in the world. Uh they're they're yeah, the distribution is about the same. So uh
0: we, we so we fixed it in the facility to make it a little bit easier. Yeah, so I'm definitely glad it's there. You know, I do have all the ammo presses, but I mean if I didn't then I would really appreciate this even more so. Yeah, and if you want to start a vanilla game, you know, you'll 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 have the advantage. Exactly. <laughs> But another change is upgrading an infirmary or clinic no longer ejects its blood plague patients which was causing their death timers to quietly resume. Survivors now remain checked in after upgrades.
1: Yeah, so that one was uh again it was it was not a big deal before we introduced Choose Your Own Apocalypse and the new, you know, high difficulty zones because blood plague just wasn't much of a threat. You know, people would take hours and hours to die and people were not even checking in their blood plague patients except during the tutorial. Uh because there was no point. I mean, they were going to last forever. You could go get Plague cure was, you know, thick on the ground, Uh, and so you could just cure them, and and no one ever used that feature. Now that somebody could die in a few minutes uh, from the blood plague, you have to check them in if you don't have any cure. And if they get accidentally bumped out of the infirmary, uh, they could just die, and you don't even know about it. And so that was happening to people, and so we were like, oh, crap, we've got to, ah, this is another one of those things where it wasn't a problem. I mean, it was a problem. It was, you know, an uncomfortable, weird, kind of bug-feeling part of the game. But it wasn't causing people to lose significant stuff until after the update. And
0: so once that came out, right. we're like, oh,
1: well, we definitely need to fix this one now.
0: Yeah, because in Nightmare, that timer's at 10 minutes. I mean, that's a pretty yeah. good timer. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's kind of ridiculous. So I'm definitely glad that's there now. If, you know, you're checking your survivors. I mean, in standard mode, I, honestly, I haven't really heard of anyone really checking their survivors in standard mode because never really had to. So. Yeah,
1: there's kind of not a reason to. So.
0: But another one, the Scrum Certification Skill now grants a speed bonus to the building facilities in addition to its original speed bonus of other facility actions
1: yeah uh, so uh, when when we were originally developing the game before it ever came out, uh, more of our facility actions actually took significant amounts of time. We ended up speeding up a lot of the facilities um, and so uh, the scrum certification skill and and, and you know other you know, bonuses like it uh, would, would speed up the actions of those facilities and it was really valuable but it kind of got less valuable after we reduced a lot of the facility action times. Uh, but the one thing that stayed the same, uh, that we didn't produce was the build times. Cause that's, you know, that's a really significant investment building a new facility. And it just, it would Absolutely. feel wrong if they just popped into existence, right? Um, and so it was weird that the Scrum, Scrum certification skill was not granting a
0: speed bonus to the one place where you actually really want one. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so we went back in and fixed that. Especially a nightmare now with the build times increase. Like, that's really important yeah. to have. That is, yeah, that,
1: that's another one that sort of rose to the surface because of the new difficulty levels.
0: Yeah, because I remember doing the Builder Legacy in Nightmare Mode, and wow, that, was, that took a long time because you had to build so many things, so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I can imagine.
0: <laughs> but it was fun, though.
1: <laughs> and your threat's high that entire time.
0: <laughs> exactly, so it, it was interesting. <laughs> but we have a couple other things that I don't know if are related to that, but they're um, listed under here. Windows with multiple panes now break, as you would expect. Rather than quietly violating the laws of physics,
1: yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe this one actually kind of goes under other stuff. I think the, the some of the ch- uh, the choices we made with uh, what goes under which category in this list uh, <laughs> yeah. might be a little bit questionable. Uh, but yeah, so windows ba- basically out in the world when you're running into buildings um you know you can shoot through windows and 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 break them uh there were a few windows though that had a lot that had lots and lots of panes uh with, with you know sort of a wooden frame in between them and if you shot them in the right order you can make really weird things happen and so uh we we had some folks uh spend some time figuring out what was going wrong and making it so that the windows break more naturally now
0: awesome yeah i didn't really have a lot of problems with those i think we have only had like you know one or two times ever in my time playing State of okay, the I've ever had a problem with Windows, so not too often, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it works. It, it, it wasn't causing any like gameplay affecting problems. Right. It was it was an aesthetic thing, but but it's better now. And we fixed the bug that was causing the game to begin without the characters of were the world fully spawned in. I'm sure you remember this one.
1: Uh, for for a long time, yes. when, whenever you started the game up, you were you were a floating backpack, and then slowly you became a person. Yep, uh, that I've doesn't happen that. anymore. <laughs> that like w- that was a pretty high priority one. Like once I started noticing that, I was like, "Come on, guys, we got we gotta, you know, this is first impressions here. We gotta we gotta do a little bit better than that." And uh, I, I don't, I have no idea what it was that caused it to start going that way because it wasn't that way when we first shipped the game. Some something crept in that made it start happening. Yeah, I literally had that happen to me last week. So, <laughs> yeah. so so I'm glad we have got it fixed. It's one of those like stuff like that happens all the time. Kind of like the audio bug back in the day. It's like like right. you know you're doing perfectly normal fixes to the game, and for some reason something causes something really obvious uh to the player to, to to go wrong and you've got no idea where it came from but eventually you've got to fix it because you know you can't put that stuff out in front of people
0: well part of that bug too that was also made of funny is you like until you actually spawned in you kind of like slide around on your feet like you wouldn't even be walking just like on a sliding track basically
1: yeah well yeah like your, your backpack uh yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't bounce like it was being animated because there's no character right. yeah
0: <laughs> so it's kind of weird yeah But we fixed the crash that occurred when a character was killed after being exiled. Uh, That's
1: another one that I think popped up mostly after after Nightmare, because, you know, when you'd exile a character and they'd run away from your base and, like, run to the nearest exit, uh, they wouldn't get killed before. But now they will. And and it turns out that crashes the game. So, uh, yeah, fixed now. Awesome.
0: But now we have a new section that is items. And this next one is actually pretty important, I think. This is a community request. Quick repair toolkits have been rebranded advanced toolkits, and they now repair twice as much damage as standard toolkits. Their crafting costs and rarity are unchanged. They're just better now.
1: Yeah, so this was a a request that came from a specific person uh, who contacted me on Discord, and I've forgotten who it was. So if they're listening to the podcast, I'm sorry I forgot who you were. Uh, But somebody contacted me and was like, hey, you know what? I never, ever ever make quick repair toolkits because all they do is cost more and speed up repairs but i'm never doing repairs when i'm in the middle of a tense hot you know uh uh situation where you know zombies could get me any second i always wait until i'm safe and so it doesn't have any value i'll never make this item and i was like you know what that makes a lot of sense, and uh, I think we might have even checked our analytics to see how often people were using quick repair toolkits, and it was not very often, um, and so we're like, okay, th- this is not... Yeah, that was not... the same
0: reason for me. I mean, that was the reason I wasn't using it. like, well, I don't really need a quick repair Toolkit. I mean, it does the same thing as the regular one, so...
1: Yeah, so what's the point, right? Uh, like, yeah. If you just got, like, three more seconds of your life to spend on it, uh, the other one's just as good. So, so we changed it. So now they do twice as much healing. Uh, originally, I was going to go for, like, one and a half or something, but when I was testing it out, I was like you don't feel the difference until it's twice. Like, because, like, because you know, cars are complicated. There's lots of different parts of them that, that could be damaged. Telling the difference between one amount of healing and another amount of healing when you don't have a health bar to look at—it's just hard to tell. And so, it needed to be really dramatic to make a difference. So, we went with twice.
0: Yeah, and that is why I tried to um, have you guys show it on stream, but unfortunately, you couldn't cheat it in.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. I, we we could have cheated it in uh, one of the one of the previous uh, streams we did because we were using a dev build, but this time we were actually playing the real
0: retail build of the game, and so we couldn't we couldn't cheat. Yeah, I saw the fight in my own time. I the fight. Cool. But, um another community request this one was actually mentioned in the last podcast as well but deployable pyro minefields now spawn with the correct rocket pods they set zombies on fire again
1: yeah so that that was just people were starting to tell us that, that they were they were getting into daybreak and the deployable pyro minefields were not setting the zombies on fire and uh yeah for some reason uh, they were just not using the right the right projectiles and so now they are
0: yeah so that's great you know i haven't used any pyro minefields in the base game yet actually but um Honestly, it's partially because I don't want to get my character set on fire, and, you know, sometimes it can go wrong. (laughs) Yeah, that's just personal preference. You've got to care about your characters (laughs) a little bit more in the base game. (laughs) Exactly. But another community request. In response to players finding certain crossbows overpowered against Plague Earth, we reduce crossbow damage across the board, though headshots against zombies are still always deadly. Yeah, so most uses
1: of crossbows are going to be exactly the same. Like, Like, most of the time, you're just going around spearing zombies in the head with bolts uh, that is unchanged it's just when you're when you're trying to pepper a plague heart or uh or a juggernaut or uh you know uh, other human characters that uh, they were a little bit overpowered and we wanted to bring them down
0: yeah no i i definitely uh like that i mean i've found that a little bit too i think um fall down tracked it at like 10 bolts took down a plague heart for one of the crossbows at one point so
1: yeah which is you know that just doesn't seem like it, it kind of undermines the realism of the game when you're like you know st- it takes this much C four to destroy it, but this many crossbow bolts. It just felt like right. it was completely out of proportion. So,
0: yeah, it was kind of like back in the day when fifty cows took out a heart in three hits. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> but crossbow bolt impacts no longer play inappropriate audio.
1: Yeah, I wasn't directly involved in that one, so I'm not sure what noise they were making that was wrong, but they're making the right one now.
0: Yeah, I'm glad. I mean, I didn't really notice it either, but, you know, I'm not like a big crossbow guy, so I don't know what sound it should sound like, so... <laughs>
1: you know, there, yeah, there, there are a lot of bugs that have happened in the game where uh, no one noticed it except the audio team, but to the audio team, it was like nails on a chalkboard hearing the wrong sound right. coming out of something. So, Which uh, that makes sense. So, yeah. I'm glad that they're perfectionists, because, you know, I mean, it's, it's a subtle thing. Like, you don't always know how sound in a game is, is affecting you, but if it, if it's wrong, you're feeling wrong, and, uh, right. and you might not always know why, and so, uh, so we've got a crack audio team that's paying attention to this stuff, making sure we're getting it right.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that old audio bug must have drove them nuts when was going on. Oh my
1: gosh, yes. <laughs> I mean, that was, you know, it was clearly not their work, it was clearly right, a technical right. problem that was just <laughs> canceling their work, um, right. but uh, but but yeah, it,
0: it drove all of us crazy. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Uh Characters with appropriate traits now have a chance of initially spawning with a crossbow. This includes the new crossbow hunter traits.
1: Yeah, so we added a crossbow hunter trait, and we found other traits that seemed like the character who had that trait might spawn with a crossbow. And, uh yeah, we gave him crossbows. Though, again... You will, if you, if you are, you know, hitting the, uh, the regenerate character button again and again and again, and you find the crossbow hunter trait, that character will probably not spawn with a crossbow right now. Uh, but, uh, but if you find non player characters out in the world, sometimes they'll have a crossbow on their back. And we thought that would be, you know, interesting.
0: Yeah, that'd be really cool. And come to think of it, I mean, I could be misremembering some situations, but I don't actually remember seeing any NPCs with crossbows before, so.
1: Yeah. So I think there, there were a couple, uh, in the very specific missions that that, uh, were added with the Zed Hunter, uh, expansion. Right. Because the you had to get off their body. Yeah. Right? They, they were the only ones. Uh,
0: and, okay. And that's my that thought. It. Yeah. I was going to say, but like, I don't remember like ever seeing Enclave with like, Oh, this guy has a crossbow. That's cool. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> nope That hasn't happened. So hopefully it'll be happening. It'll still be rare. There weren't that many traits on our right. list that seemed appropriate, but, uh, you will see it occasionally.
0: Awesome. I'm, I'm glad that trait is there now. Unbreakable items no longer drop from plague cards in a damaged condition.
1: Yeah, so uh, basically, you know, a lot of weapons that you get from play cards will, will start out damaged. you got to take them home and repair them. We didn't want it to be too OP, but uh, we were accidentally also applying that to bolt-action rifles and revolvers that in our game are unbreakable. Uh, so that didn't make any sense, and so now that doesn't happen
0: anymore. I'm glad to hear that, yeah, because, I mean, um, say you got, like, one of the revolvers that's not supposed to break, then that shouldn't be damaged. So
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm not even sure whether or not they were repairable (laughs) after they were damaged, uh, because I I wasn't directly involved with that bug, but uh, I'm I'm glad we got it
0: fixed. Absolutely. And now we move on to the user experience, and there's a couple of great changes at the top here that uh, I think are really important. One is a community request. You can now hold Y on a controller or R on a keyboard to unload the ammunition from a magazine and a weapon in your inventory so you can store it anywhere else. And honestly, this is like my favorite change of this update, honestly, because all the weapons that I wasn't using, they would just sit there with ammo in them. Now I can unload all that ammo and have a ton of extra ammo in my community. Yeah,
1: this this was kind of thought of in the same breath as the the change to the ammo distribution, to the sort ammo uh, action. Because, you know, like somebody who... Wants to use a, a 357 revolver, for instance. That you know, not only can they not get very much, uh, very much ammo through the sword ammo command, but uh, you know, if they have three, three 357, uh revolvers, they and they're out of bullets with one of them. They can't get the bullets out of the other one, and it's just really frustrating if you got if you're dealing with a rare ammo type, not to have access to to, to ammo that's definitely in your supply locker uh, drives people crazy and people were also talking about how you know when they sold a weapon they wanted to get the ammo out first so that they could still you know keep track of that value keep that valuable resource while getting rid of something they didn't want um and so the idea that they had to sell the bullets or use the bullets before getting rid of the gun just felt uh, just obviously unnecessary in the real world. And so now the game's just a little bit closer to
0: reality. Exactly. You don't want to give those traders free ammo. I mean, they don't need free ammo. You know, yeah, so. exactly. They got plenty. <laughs> exactly. So keep it for yourself. <laughs> but, uh, I'm definitely glad that's there now. So <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. The next one is one of my favorites. This has been like a
1: pet peeve of mine forever. The one where you know, now if you're transferring items from a vehicle inventory to your base, you can do it from any slot in your inventory and not just the vehicle slots. Cause like, seriously, yeah, that's since, really really cool. Since day one of release, it's been driving me nuts that every time I brought my car home and parked it in a parking spot, first I had to send all this stuff in the vehicle home, then I had to load stuff from my backpack into the vehicle. And if it's a small vehicle, uh, I might have to do this multiple times load stuff into the vehicle, then send it, then load it into the vehicle, then send it. And if I was trying to keep like a repair kit or a gas can in the vehicle, I kept accidentally transferring it the wrong direction, and it was just a nightmare. And so, that is finally fixed now, just if you're at the trunk of a vehicle and you're at a parking spot, every space in your inventory can send things into your base.
0: Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've done that myself. Like I wanted to keep the gas can in there, I accidentally transferred to the base. I'm like, dang it, now I have to go get that again. <laughs> So I'm glad you can do that now. Yeah, me too. And That's honestly a change that I wouldn't have really thought of, you know, because, like, I just was kind of used to, like, the, you know, clunky motions of, like, okay, I got to put it here, put it there. Like, I was just already used to the clunky motions, but now that it's there, it's like, wow, this is amazing.
1: Yeah, hopefully people will, will, will forget about all of the pain and horror of doing it the old way, and the new way will just become the only thing that they think about.
0: Exactly. And that's honestly why I tend to end up liking a lot of these user experience changes, because they just make life easier without really having to think about it. So. <laughs> But this is one that you uh, said was an issue on PC where when playing with the mouse, you can now click the empty leader slot the community screen to initiate leader selection rather than having to press the space bar.
1: Yeah, so we had a goal early on in State of Decay 2 where we wanted to make sure that every part of our interface was equally playable uh, with a controller or with a mouse and keyboard. Um, and we were, you know, we were very serious about it. But eventually, when push comes to shove and you're trying to get stuff done uh, by a deadline, uh Sometimes you know lofty goals like that kind of fall by the wayside and when when we got to the point where we were implementing the community screen, we were under a lot of pressure, and so we just implemented it for controller first and figured we would solve it for uh mouse and keyboard later uh but it turned out to be kind of an uncomfortable decision because that screen definitely feels very controller centric um and so it was one of the one of the later things we did before release uh was was changing that screen so that it could support mouse and keyboard. Um and you could click around on the characters and and, and it would feel more natural instead of because for a long time you could only use WASD to navigate between the characters and spacebar to select them. Right. Um so but when we went through that process, there was one thing that we forgot. <laughs> it was just an oversight. We forgot to make the leader slot, uh, the empty leader slot clickable. And so everything else actually worked with the mouse and kind of was a lot more reasonable than it was when we when we first started uh developing it. But that one thing was left, and so that was that—that that was like a pet peeve that was just sticking to me. Like, how come I can't click on this? And so we, we finally found, like, sort of the right occasion and the right, you know, time and resources to fix that one, and uh, it's it, it I am so much happier with that screen now that, that everything is clickable.
0: Yeah, I'm, I don't play on PC, so it's kind of funny for me to hear about, but, like, I mean, all my friends that are on PC, no one ever mentioned this, so, like, I'm kind of thinking, like, you know, if I was on PC, that'd be kind of annoying a little bit. But.
1: Well, see, each game, you know, typically, you know, most people don't go through a lot of leaders, especially because it used to be you had right. to kill them in order to demote them, um, and so it, it's Good something point. that would happen to you once per game, and so it right. would be annoying, but it's not you the really first about thing about it, yeah. that, you would, that you would complain about. But those little tiny annoyances, like, they add up over time, and it makes, you know, it makes the game sort of the whole experience kind of feel just a little less good, you know, to, if you're just constantly tripping over little tiny things. And so uh, I'm hoping that, you know, we, we want to keep adding big things to the game, like, you know, new packs of weapons, new features, stuff like that. But we also want to be cleaning up those little tiny things, because I think that has a that has a subtle effect on your experience that, that you don't always think consciously about, but it, it does make a difference to... To how you feel you know the kind of experience you feel like you're having
0: absolutely and that'll be great for people that had that issue so i'm glad for them you know i wasn't having the issue personally i'm a console but i'm glad that yeah. they have the issue fixed. i mostly <laughs> played on xbox too but like it was, it was my it was my knowledge that somebody else was dealing with right, it. right exactly <laughs> but another community request we fixed a bug that was preventing freaks from appearing on the mini map and daybreak and i actually experienced this myself and that's good that that's fixed now because Especially ferals, you'd be like, where's the Feral? Where's the Feral? Like, he wouldn't see it. (laughs) Yeah, you used to be able to tell.
1: People did ask us, you know, did you guys make Daybreak harder? It feels like Daybreak is harder. And we didn't change anything about the mechanics of the game. But I think the fact that you didn't know where freaks were was making the game
0: harder. And uh, in kind of a subtle way. So um, hopefully that's back to normal. Absolutely. And map icons for optional mission objectives have been recolored to stand out more against the background?
1: Yeah, so it used to be – I had a lot of – when I was testing missions and things like that, I used to have a lot of trouble. um, If a mission had multiple optional objectives instead of one solid objective, sometimes I would have trouble finding them on the map. It's just I'd be looking all over the place, feel like I'd looked everywhere, and eventually I would see it. I'd be like, oh, it's just right there? But the icons were just really hard to see, and so now instead of being gray, uh, the icons have some color to them, which does make them pop more from the background, and, and it makes it a lot easier to, to, to find those objectives.
0: And is that similar to like the uh, orange arrow that is shown when you demote a leader now, or is that? Uh,
1: no, we, we haven't added uh, we haven't added you know waypoints to the in world uh, display. Okay. it's it's mostly just uh, it, it's just on on the map and on the mini map. Because, uh, cause, you know, the map has got either a gray or a very desaturated kind of pink background. And both of those, you know, a gray icon just does not stand out very well against those backgrounds. But an orange icon does stand out. And so, basically, we took those gray icons and made them
0: more orange so that so they'd that be easier to see. Yeah, makes sense. I'm glad that's there, there. Another one is entering a site while in a vehicle no longer prevents room Clearing pips from appearing on the minimap. I honestly don't know what that means. But. Yeah,
1: so it, it, it was hard to figure out how to phrase that one uh, because it's, it's got a lot of complicated moving pieces in it. But basically, you know when you're clearing a building and there's a little black pip representing each room on the mini-map? Right. So you know you need to go, oh, like, uh, how come this building isn't cleared yet? You look on the minimap, you see, oh, there's a black square over there. I need to go where that black square is, and then I'll clear, up, clear out the room. Um, those usually appear when you walk into a site. But if you were driving into a site, like if you had a kind of an open-air site like a campground or uh, you know some of the sites, like uh, the, the volume that, de- that decides where the site is is just a little bit bigger than the house, if you would drive up and crash your car into that, uh, you would get into the site while you're still in the vehicle. And we don't show those room-clearing pips when you're in a vehicle. So you would get out of your vehicle and start exploring the site, and those black squares, those pips, would never appear. And so you would not know, like if you had mostly cleared the site but there was one room you hadn't gone into – you wouldn't have a square to tell you where to go and, and and people would be frustrated and it actually for a long time we didn't know what was causing it and so figuring out that oh of course it's when you drive a vehicle in that's what's causing it and so we were able to That we makes sense it. yeah
0: yeah, I never really tried that in vehicles a whole lot, but you know, it, it's good that it's fixed for you did, because uh there's not too many places in the game I would say that you can actually drive a vehicle to try and clear them. So, most of the
1: site volumes are actually are pretty tight to the buildings. Uh there was an earlier version of the game where we actually would represent like the entire yard around a building as being part of the site. Uh but it ended up being confusing because people really think of when they look out at the world, they think of each building as being kind of its own thing and us trying to make it more complicated than that was actually just unintuitive, and so we ended up changing it and, and shrinking them down. So most of the site volumes cling pretty tight to the walls, and it's hard to get inside them while you're in a vehicle.
0: Yeah, because I, so I was trying to think through my head to like any bases that you could like actually get in with a vehicle, and I couldn't really think of many in my head. So yeah, yeah,
1: I, I mean, I'm sure that Mulpransky Clo could get one in, but uh, <laughs> most of us
0: can't. Like I know Knights Family Drive, and you can get into like where the cars are parked, but that's not one of the clearing. Th- that's vehicles, not the actual so. base. Yeah, exactly. So. Another one is if you interrupt a subtitle by conversing with NPC and then exit the conversation while the original line is still playing the subtitle comes back to.
1: Yeah, so that's it's just pretty straightforward. You're talking to somebody, uh there's a subtitle on the screen uh, or somebody's talking to you, I should say, and the subtitles on the screen. And then you walk up to somebody else and you start a conversation with them. And when you start a conversation with someone, it makes all the subtitles go away because the conversation's happening over in the dialogue interface. And uh, and so if if you interrupted, like say, you know, Lily's on the radio talking to you, and then you int- then you go and start a conversation with someone else, Lily's subtitle goes away, and you're like, oh man, I wanted to read that. And so you back out, but the subtitles already gone; it's been killed. Uh, so now that doesn't happen. Now if you back out of that dialogue. If there was a subtitle that should still be on the screen, it'll come back. Yeah, that's
0: really good for actually, you know, listening to the stories and finding out the stories too, because you don't want to get rid of some of those stories sometimes.
1: Yeah, well I mean some I mean, of some of those dialogue lines, they'll really only play once for you. And so, you know, if you don't want to miss it, yeah, you know, we want to make sure you get the chance.
0: Right. But that is it for that section of changes. We now have some multiplayer changes, and this one next one is actually uh, fairly important to me too, because it's incoming clients now landing a host vehicle if the host happens to be driving at the time. And I think this is really good actually because there was a lot of times where I'd already be playing a game, I'd be driving to a location, and then a friend's like, Hey, I wanna jump in your game You know, they jump in the game, but they spot at like, you know, some outpost that's along the road or something like that, and then I keep driving, they keep getting tethered, they keep getting tethered, so
1: <laughs> Yeah, so so we uh, in the previous update uh, we added the ability, like when you get tethered and, uh, and the person, the host is driving a car, then you would just land in the host's car. And we realized that we could actually make this happen for when you first spawn in as well, which is kind of like being tethered. And so, right. uh, so now it works the same way in both cases.
0: Yeah, because before the previous update, you just keep getting tethered over and over again, basically. So <laughs> it was even worse. <laughs> but now you get landed in vehicles. That's awesome. And this next one, um, I highlighted because someone in my community, Maximilian Colby, he asked me specifically about this one. I'm like, I have absolutely no idea what this means. So I told him that I would bring it up on the podcast. Um, yeah, and I don't have a definitive answer about it either, unfortunately. But I can tell you what I think. All right, so I'll, I'll read what it is. Uh, bonuses to influence games now apply to multiplayer wars, in addition to stand in game earnings. So
1: there are a there's a handful of traits, and I think I think some skills that uh, give you an influence bonus. And what that means is every time your community earns influence for something. You earn a little bit more. Like if it's a, if it's a plus fifty percent bonus, then each time you would earn ten influence, you get fifteen influence, and that applied across the board. And, and there might I think there might actually be a couple examples of places where someone gets less influence. So if they get you know negative twenty five percent influence, and each time you get you know uh, whatever twenty influence, uh, you you actually get fifteen. Um, and so there's positive bonuses, there's negative penalties, uh, but they were being applied to almost every influence gain in the game. Except for multiplayer rewards. And so now they apply to multiplayer rewards. And it's my assumption that the, both the positives and the negatives are going to apply to multiplayer rewards. Because that's how it would happen if we just implemented it in the simplest possible way. Um, I honestly have no idea though, because this particular bug, I, I wasn't personally involved with it. I don't know if they had the penalties, you know, reduce your influence, uh, w- when, uh, w- when you, you know, receive multiplayer rewards or if they clamped it so that uh, it could only go up and not down. So I don't know for sure. That was a question that your friend had, and I honestly don't know for certain. I assume that the penalties apply, though, because that's the simplest uh, solution. And honestly, I think the penalties are fairly rare, and not everyone on the team even knows they exist, and so I would not be surprised if the penalties apply.
0: Okay, so you're saying things like, say, the fifth skill, people skills, where it gives you plus ten percent influence gained, then yeah. that is where it's supposed to be applying, probably.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if you get, you know, so if you end up getting, you know, whatever uh, twenty influence, then you actually get twenty two influence uh, because of because of that extra ten percent.
0: Okay, that makes sense then. Yeah, because I, I didn't even have a guess what that was. I'm like, I have no even guess what this means, but so I'm glad you have a guess at least.
1: <laughs> there's so many skill and trade effects in the game that are actually just kind of invisible. It's like if you read them, you're like, oh, I guess that's happening. But there's nothing that's really telling you that it's happening in the middle of the game. So it's easy not to know
0: about them. <laughs> right. Well, thank you for clearing that up a little bit. So appreciate that. <laughs> But non-player characters no longer fall through the world or spawn in the sky when exiting vehicles.
1: So This one is in the wrong category. It should be up uh, in, the, in the character section. But, uh, yeah, so there was this problem where uh, if you got in a car and you had a follower get in the car with you, you know, say you're up on a hill and you get in the car together. Then you drive down the hill, the follower gets out of the car, and then they're like, oh, where should I be standing? And they re- still remember their altitude from back when they first got in the car. And so they would spawn. They would suddenly teleport way above the car and then fall out of the sky. And similarly, they could, you know, if you drove up a hill, they could end up spawning right. in the middle of, uh, you know, under the ground. And uh, and sort of fall to their death into the invisible void beneath the surface of the earth in our game. Um, and so now that doesn't happen anymore. Now they actually, you know they actually find the altitude that they should be standing at right there where they've gotten out of the car.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot more sense now because I was having issues with um, some of my friends in multiplayer where we'd like be in the ground all of a sudden. I'm like, how are we in the ground? And I think it was always when we got out of the car. So we must have been you know, up high and then we got out of the car. We're in the ground now. <laughs> I could I so. could see that. I could see that being okay. <laughs> so we're like, how am I in the ground? Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, it's not that it's fixed now. You know, now we're not taking naps in the ground anymore. So... <laughs> Getting tethered with the map open no longer tracks you on a black screen.
1: Yeah, this was a rare one, but you know, if somebody happened to have the map open when they at the very moment that they got tethered, uh it it would it would basically be sort of a a a lock of the game. Like they, they would be on a black screen and they couldn't get out of it.
0: So uh now that doesn't happen anymore. Awesome. Yeah, I don't think I've had that one happen to me, but I'm glad it's fixed. So Yeah, me too. I'm glad that it never happened to you.
1: <laughs> unfortunately even if something only happens to you know one in a million people uh, that means right. it's going to happen to five people and uh you know so we still have to fix it
0: no absolutely because i mean when these notes come out like every time like oh yep that one happened to me that one oh not that one though <laughs> so yeah. it's always like but it oh, to somebody, happened to somebody right yeah, like, exactly statistically, <laughs> it happened to somebody so i i feel for the people that did happen to <laughs> <laughs> But we fixed a bug that clients can now interact with built-in facilities after the host settles a new base.
1: Yeah, so there was a bug where if 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 you're playing with somebody's game and they switch bases, uh, you couldn't interact with certain facilities in the new base. And so now, uh, you know, if you were the client, so now that's fixed. Awesome.
0: Yeah, because I thought that was fixed in a previous patch, but I guess it's only when you settle new bases.
1: I think so. That's the impression I got. This one I okay. wasn't personally involved with, so I don't know the details. But uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I could be wrong, but I thought I remembered a furious facts that was uh patch that was fixed, but. I guess the uh settling the new base is where it gives in. Uh,
1: maybe so, and it also uh yeah i I could imagine like uh there being you know two levels of this that needed to be fixed, and also it's right. not entirely uh out of the question for us to accidentally reoffend
0: with a <laughs>
1: with a specific plug and, and cause it to happen again after we fixed it i i think I think these are two different fixes though,
0: awesome well, I'm glad it's fixed now, and this next one, I'm actually uh surprised that. Someone even thought of this, you know. I, I guess <laughs> I shouldn't be, but <laughs> um, players can no longer throw bloater gas grenades at other players and then disconnect, causing damage when the grenades suddenly kick in. Explosives of all kinds now disappear with the character that triggered them goes away. So I'm kind of surprised people actually even thought about that, but you know, I'm glad it's fixed in the case.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I know. I can't believe it either. It's one of the like people are very, when people want to grief, they can get very, very, very clever about it. Um, and because the thing about this one is. They're not even around to see the bad thing happen because right. they had to disconnect to make it happen. So, yeah and, uh, yeah. and then
0: you're just sitting there like, what? What happened? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So now if somebody disconnects and they threw a grenade, the grenade just goes away and it never explodes.
0: Yeah. I, I'm glad to hear that. You know, I, I never would have thought of that. So uh, I'm glad that you know, no one can do that to me now. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the next section is dreaded nightmare zones. A community request was made for hostile humans in Nightmare Zones are now a bit less deadly with firearms. This is what I mentioned um in the previous episode a little bit, but basically you have a little bit more health when you get a headshot now. Uh Yeah, so
1: we we didn't want to make the game feel easier because the whole point of a Nightmare Zone is that it's supposed to feel really hard. And so we had a lot of players coming back to us saying that, you know, there's hard and then there's frustrating. And, and in, in particular, getting a headshot against you in a Nightmare Zone it wasn't just hard, it, it felt like you had no agency at all. It felt like, well, I'm just going to die, and there's nothing that I can do about it. And and those situations, they're not, like, fun hard, they're just annoying hard. And and so we wanted to make sure that Nightmare Zones, while they're very, very difficult, they should be fun difficult. Um, And so, we just, so, so this is only a very, very slight nerf, but basically, uh, right. when you get headshotted, you end up with just a little bit more health to survive with. And, you're kind of protected from headshots for the next short time afterwards so that you can't just get double-tapped by an enemy. Because if you just get double-tapped, that's it. You, there was no action you could possibly have taken to get out of that. Uh, and so no double-taps against against uh, player characters give you a little bit of breathing room so you have a chance to escape. And then if you get killed, then your thought shouldn't be, oh, well, this game is just, oh, uh, it's just cheating. Instead of yeah, thinking ex- that, you should be thinking, oh, man, I should have just, I should have run away faster. I should have done something about it. Like You should be thinking, what can I do to avoid this? What can I do next time? And you should feel like that's a compelling argument. You should feel like there's a way that you could get better at the game to prevent that in the future. And if you just feel like, no, this is just crap. The game just betrayed me. That's not a good feeling. And that doesn't make you want to come back and keep playing the game.
0: No, absolutely. And during the Undead Labs stream, I remember you called out uh, during the stream that Brian was in chat. And I liked the way he put it that they basically you're trying to take the... WTF moment away and make that a little bit more manageable. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's a good way to put it. So yeah, I, I kind of like that change. <laughs>
1: uh
0: This next one, I'm kind of glad is in there. You know, especially after I already have the achievement. <laughs> so um, <laughs> <laughs> uh the true achievement is no longer triggered when simply by rolling over to day 100 while in a dread or nightmare zone. Even if most of these days were spent in standard zone, now you must spend all 100 days in a more challenging zone.
1: Yeah, so if a player has already switched zones, like say they you know got to day 90 in the standard zone and then they switched to a uh, dread zone or a nightmare zone and then got uh, patch 8, um, they're still fine. They're still gonna get their uh achievement on day one hundred because we, couldn't, we could not kind of retroactively go back and figure out when you change zones. But now, if you're still in a standard zone and you switch zones, we start counting our days for this achievement when you enter that zone um and so so now you have to actually spend the full hundred days.
0: There. yeah, I'm glad I already have this achievement, I kind of got it like the cheap way a little bit, but I will say that um I'm deeply considering basically taking my long-term main community and legacying that and then restarting my main community in nightmare and doing a full hundred days that community so oh, wow. uh, i might do that actually <laughs> that sounds uh challenging <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that's prevented me a little bit is i don't really want to lose all my stuff like i have a collection of all the facility mods and stuff so i'm like oh man i don't really want to recollect all those facility mods again but i, I might do it. i don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some of those facility mods took a while to get.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, you've got uh, you've got a lot of stuff stacked up.
0: Yeah, th- that countertop oven, I don't have any of these you've seen, but the countertop oven is so difficult to find. <laughs> <laughs> <I'll bet. laughs> but the uh, next change, difficulty description, no longer continue to display unnecessary warning text after you change difficulty.
1: Yeah, this is just a minor little UI problem where uh, we just, you know, we... we... We put some red warning text on uh, a higher difficulty zone when you're about to select it, so, just so you know what you're getting into. But that was sticking around even after you'd switched, when it was kind of no longer necessary. So so now it goes away. Awesome.
0: Yeah, that's not really something I encountered too much, but I'm glad it's the fix. So. Yeah,
1: it's a minor thing. It doesn't really affect gameplay. It's just a, more of a visual thing.
0: And then we have, we fixed a crash that would occur if you managed to switch difficulties when your last survivor was dying. Yeah, of course,
1: somebody did this, right? Uh, they're, they're, <laughs> they They... They Maybe they'd just been picked up by a juggernaut who was biting their throat out, and so they quickly switched difficulties to get away. And, uh, yeah, and then we crashed the game because the game was not expecting that to happen. So uh, now it doesn't crash. Uh, I'm pretty sure
0: you can't get out of uh, getting killed by a juggernaut that way, though. I, I mean, I have to get them props for trying, at least, though. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, no, switch to standard, switch to standard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, props for the ingenuity, at least. So, Yep.
1: And I think that's it, because I think we accidentally grabbed the uh, the other stuff section uh, earlier on in the podcast. Uh, sh- yes, yes, that's what happened, yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh,
1: yeah, no problem. <laughs> that was the point where I was like, oh, I think these are in the wrong category. But I, I was worried that I'd put them in the wrong category, but I think it's just a <laughs> copy and paste error. <laughs> that was my fault, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, we deal. <laughs> I basically had it in there twice. So we already went through the other stuff, so that was with the, you know, the windows and... Uh, the fixing the bug that was causing the characters. So we already talked about that. So uh, we have officially covered the patch. So
1: <laughs> cool. Well, hey, thank you for having me on here. This is great. Uh, you know, I've got a bunch of new, uh, you know, secret stuff I can't talk about that I got to go work on because we are getting close to some deadlines. But uh, I'm so glad that you had me on here. I love talking about this stuff. I love talking about you know the the updates that we're making to the game, and 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 you know, it's fun to be working at a studio that that really cares about supporting its games after release because it, it means that you know. Just it used to be that when you put a game out, any mistake that you made before the game came out, it was just there forever, you know, immortalized in in stone. And uh, and and now, you know, when people give us feedback, we can actually respond to it and 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 make the game better for them. So that's it, it's a fun it's a fun uh, experience to be a part of, and, I, and I'm glad that you know you give me this forum where I can kind of highlight uh, one of my favorite parts of, of working at Undead Labs.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. Like you said at the beginning, you know, I gave you a chance to uh, talk about the World War II guns that you. Wanted to say so. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, so I appreciate you being on as well, and you know, uh, I'm looking forward to all the secret stuff you're working on, especially you know Trumble. I'm I'm looking forward to that too. So, (laughs) (laughs) lips are sealed. (laughs) (laughs) But I I can't wait till it's out. Whenever it's out, so (laughs) same here. <laughs> but thank you for being on with me. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, what's the best way to do so? Uh, Discord, maybe, or
1: uh, yeah. So, so you can join the Undead Labs Discord, uh, which I think is actually searchable now. If you if you look for Undead Labs on Discord, um, I'm also at Rangitang on on Twitter, so you can you know chat with me there. Uh, I'm I'm Undead Jeffrey on our Discord, so you know either of those places are a good place to uh, get in contact with me. I'm, I'm trying to be more and more active on those on those channels. Awesome. Well,
0: thank you very much, and you know, um. If you have to run, then you can run. I'll finish the outro by myself. But uh, thank you for being here. All right. So that was Jeffrey Card, everyone. So uh, I'm glad he was able to join us today. But uh, just real quick to reiterate, our next podcast is going to be next Saturday on the Dead by Daylight killers or the CFTS update. It's basically going to depend on whether I have enough time to get into the CFTS update. The CFTS update is pretty big, so I want to make sure I can actually cover it um, in depth with all you. So. With that update, I want to make sure that I've actually played enough to have a good grasp and good understanding of it. So if you don't hear the Sea of update in the next podcast, it's because I haven't played enough of it yet to get a good feel for everything. So it's either going to be Dead by Daylight like Killers and New Endgame in that or the Sea of Thieves update. The next stream we're going to do is Sunday, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do a State of Decay 2 stream with CQC and Explosives only. And this is courtesy of a donation by Fall Down Go Boom. So I was raising money for the charity Autism Speaks during a stream on Tuesday. And I said that if anyone donated uh, $5, then I would do a CQC only and explosive stream on Sunday for the full stream. And Fall Down came through and donated. So we're going to do a CQC only and explosive stream. And anyone that's into my game with me has to do the same thing. So no one in my game will be allowed to fire any type of gun at all. So uh, that should be interesting. And We're going to, you know, try and uh, get towards Legacy, my main community, just in case I want to do that, because I think I might actually want to do that, kind of like I said in this episode already. And I will mention the rest of our schedule as well. Next Monday from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern, we're going to play some more We Happy Few. We played it last Monday, and we're going to finish the story of Arthur and see where that takes us. Uh, I was really interested in that storyline. That game has a really cool story, and I was enjoying that story, and I want to finish Arthur's story. We're definitely not going to finish the entire game, but we'll at least finish Arthur's storyline. And basically, this is our blind play AMA revisited number one. So what that means is we do our blind play uh, games where we select a game randomly from Game Pass and we play that game. And this is the first game that we're actually replaying from that series. So we took a vote as community and the community did vote. And the winner of the vote was We Happy Few. So. Out of the games that were eligible, like we had Recore eligible, uh, Battle Block Gator, there's a couple of the games we played. So, out of the games that were eligible, the one that won the vote was Be Happy Fuse. So that game is going to be replayed next Monday. And I will say that during this stream, we will decide one new Game Pass game to try later this month. What we were doing is every Monday was a blind play AMA uh for Game Pass, where we do a Game Pass game every Monday. That is actually going to change in May. Now every month. Basically, we're going to have one week where we do the revisited, where we re- revisit one game that we've already played, and we're going to have one week where we do a game that is brand new from Game Pass. So basically, two of the weeks, we're actually going to play something else now. So that's the slight change that we're making uh, starting in May. So essentially, on Mondays now, two of the weeks, we're going to have a Game Pass game, and then two of the other weeks, we're going to have a different game. Probably going to be uh, Borderlands or something as we get ready for the Borderlands release. But we will uh, give that schedule when it is announced every week. And then Tuesday, I want to say that this is uh, to be announced still. Tuesday, it's going to be 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern. It's either going to be Sea of Thieves playing the new update. It's going to be State of Decay 2 um, going for a second pass of State of Decay 2 that week. Or it's going to be Borderlands 1. Right now, I'm leaning towards playing some more Borderlands 1 on Tuesday. But um, stay tuned in my Discord for news on that. So. Just stay tuned, and I will uh, give you the news in my Discord about what game we're going to play that day. But right now, like I said, it's uh, Borderlands 1 is what I'm moving towards for that Tuesday. But that being said, I appreciate everyone listening. And if you want to get in touch with me, then you can do so via email, theblazeexperience at gmail.com. You can do so via Discord. That will be in the show notes. You can do so via Twitter or my Xbox Gamer Tag, which are both the same thing. It's at blazeexperience capital B-L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. You can also find me on YouTube or Facebook with uh, Blaze Experience Facebook page or Blaze Experience YouTube. Uh, those I don't check too often, though. So if you do uh, contact me on those, then I will get back to you, just won't be uh, as quickly. What I get back to people fastest on is Twitter or Discord. Twitter and Discord is what I check the most. So basically, those are the two fastest ways to get a hold of me off stream and off podcast. And I do want to mention too if you're enjoying this content, if you're enjoying the content I do in the streams, I do have a Patreon now. And I want to say that we did officially get a new member on Patreon. Thank you to F- MFN Juggernaut for donating. MFN Juggernaut became a $15 patron. So thank you so much, MFN Juggernaut. I really appreciate that. And it really means a lot that you actually um, donated. And that is our top tier right now. So. He is a top-tier patron, along with uh, Maximilian Colby, So thank you very much for becoming a patron. I really appreciate that. And it really means a lot that you decided to do that. Basically, what that is, if anyone isn't aware, Patreon is a way to support content creators for the content they're making. And we have levels from $1 all the way to $15 per month. And at these levels, you get different rewards. So at the $1 level, you get a couple of rewards. And then basically at the $15 level, which... Uh, juggernaut donated to, you would get a lot more rewards. So, there's different rewards like, uh, special Discord channels that only you're allowed to access. You get, uh, more say in what games are streamed. You get top priority to play with me on stream. So, it's kind of like, um, being a sub almost for, you know, regular like Mixer or Twitch sub. It's sort of like being a sub, just a different way to donate, basically. But I really appreciate everyone for, uh, checking out the Patreon. If you want to check out Patreon, it's patreon.com. Slash Blaze Experience. So that's P A T R E O N dot com slash B-L-A-I-S-E-X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C. That's P A T R E O N. So Patreon.com slash Blaze Experience if you want to check that out. And I definitely appreciate that and any patron, even at the one dollar level, you will get a shout out on the podcast. So if you wanna uh, join at the one dollar level, then that's one of the perks you get is you get a shout out on the podcast. So uh definitely appreciate anyone who does that. But if you want to find the podcast, you're obviously listening to it right now. But if you want to find it other ways, it is also on Spotify. It's on Stitcher. It's on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Blueberry, Radio Public, and many of the directories. So definitely check out those places. And honestly, if you just Google The Blaze Experience, you're going to find it somewhere in Google. So you can find it pretty much in any directory. The only one we're not in is iHeartRadio. But um, hopefully one day I'll be in iHeartRadio as well. And if you don't like apps for some reason, that's perfectly fine. I have another option for you. If you join my Discord, then in my Discord, there's a special channel that is direct download links, which has a link to every episode ever made. So basically, you can directly download the episodes from that channel, and you wouldn't have to use an app. So if you're someone that doesn't like having extra apps on your phone or having extra apps on your computer, you can just literally go in that channel, find any episode you want, and just click the link. It'll directly down that episode. That way, you don't have to um have the whole app on your phone or something like that just for one episode if you wanted so that is another option for you as well but thank you everyone for listening i really appreciate that and thank you again jeffrey for being here i know he's not here anymore but i appreciate him being here as well so thank you everyone and i really appreciate it thank you for listening to the place experience